following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour locally produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon. Good morning and welcome to the winter solstice and multiple other holidays amid a large population of houseless people in single-digit weather edition of the Tuesday Point. So now uh, we're going to get to our interview. We are joined, very happy to be joined by Luke Richter of Central Oregon Peacekeepers. Good morning and welcome to the winter solstice and multiple other holidays amid a large population of houseless people in single-digit weather edition of the Tuesday Point. So now uh, we're going to get to our interview. We are joined, very happy to be joined by Luke Richter of Central Oregon Peacekeepers. He's here to talk to us about a cold shelter drive coming up that they're doing. So, Luke, welcome to The Point. Yeah, thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thanks, and, and thanks for what you're doing. So let's uh, let's start out, if you don't mind, like with just the nuts and bolts of, of the cold of the cold shelter drive, what, it, what when, where, how people get more information. Then we get into the, some of the issues and come back. Yeah, so um, Wednesday and Thursday of this week, so tomorrow and the next day, we're going to be, uh, tomorrow we'll be at Craft Brewery on the north side of town just collecting just different gear like blankets buddy heaters uh, socks new shoes sleeping bags just anything that's going to help people just survive the inclement weather that's already come and more the more weather that's going to be coming uh, and then on thursday we'll be at a moonchild artistry downtown collecting for a few hours uh tomorrow it'll be between 12 and 3 p.m and then thursday it'll be between 11 a.m and 2 p.m and then if anybody's interested in helping us just drive around and give it to people then just meet us there after the fact and we'll tell you where to go Okay, great. Thank you, Luke. And so where can, if people want to find out more information, where can they go to do that? Uh, yeah, if you just go to the Central Oregon Peacekeepers on any social media platform, it's all the same. You can find the list of things that is needed. Okay, great. And, and so I, I know this is probably seems pretty obvious, but there, I, I suspect there's more to it than most of us who haven't been unhoused realize. What is so important about about those of us who have these things, providing them to those who don't? Yeah, so I mean, I can't speak for why it's important to everybody, but at least for me, if if I know that I have more of something that I need that somebody else is going to need just to be able to get through their day, then I'm more than happy to give it to them. There's no point in me hoarding unnecessary resources that I'm just going to keep in a closet or something like that. And so what about for the people receiving them? Um, the people who need them. And I know, like I said, it probably seems pretty obvious, but I also wonder if there's a layer of this in addition to keeping them warm, then, then we maybe understand. And if not, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's definitely a lot of layers to this because it's, I'm a person that has a trouble just asking for help in general. So it's it's something where not everybody's feeling comfortable enough to just ask for the help that they may need just to be successful and live, especially when they're out on the street. So uh, just showing that we're there for them and that they're a part of this community and we care about them as much as we care about the people that are in houses. Just the easy way to do that is to just say, hey, we got some of this stuff if you need it. You know, we've all seen the effects, and I think that it's still hard to wrap our minds around the idea that people can actually freeze to death. And I think that uh, that becomes a, a real major concern as we move forward. 
Yeah, yeah, especially with what the weather is looking like on Thursday, because just in the middle of the night, if somebody's unable to set up their shelter, then it could be very bad for them, unfortunately. Yeah, Luke, looks like it's going to be down in the single digits and maybe lower, uh, I suppose, depending on where people are. So, yeah, that's very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's back up a little bit, uh, if you don't mind. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to talk to us a little bit about your background and what inspired you to get into this kind of work you're doing with the Peacekeepers. Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from Arizona. I lived there up until I was 16 or 15 and then moved to California and then up here. Um, I'm from a a fairly well-off family, so um, I didn't really see a lot of the issues that I'm currently looking at now. I was very privileged and uh, just living in a place like Oregon and dealing with more racism than I did in Arizona, it started kind of getting to me. And then uh, when the big uprising happened in 2020, I just had enough and decided that I can use my voice just like everybody else's. So I'll find a way to do that. And my way is definitely not the way I would suggest for everybody, but it's something that I've found that I'm good at and am able to offer to the community when needed. Yeah, so one of the things I've noticed, you know, from from looking at y'all's uh, social media, Central Oregon Peacekeeper social media videos, you seem to do a lot of filming. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I guess, so why why is it that you do that? Uh, you you can't really argue with something that's happening directly in your face. People still try and argue with me and say that I didn't actually see that, but when I'm like I'm obviously the one going through it, and I want everybody else to see what's happening because it's important that everybody understands like these things are happening in your community, they're happening in your country, and if you're not going to take the time to acknowledge that, then we're not going to get anywhere. I think the cell phone has been. A- a blessing and a curse, and it's certainly been a blessing in regards to being able to capture something historically that would you know, be in question. I think it makes people who are wanting to do acts other than those that would be within the realm of safety uh, think twice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When somebody's got a camera in your face and you can tell them you have 500 people watching their actions and you can forward it to the necessary places for things to happen, they usually stop pretty quick. Yeah, visibility. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, often the sort of, what is it, sunshine is the best disinfectant. Uh, so, yeah, I guess a video camera sort of qualifies for that. And so can you talk a little bit about Central Oregon Peacekeepers? What what are y'all? What have y'all been doing? What is your your mission? Like your reason for being? Yeah. So we're uh, just the main point is to just keep people from marginalized communities safe. So that's it's a really big umbrella. So that ends up being uh, just following different things that are happening through the country. It could be just going and standing outside of a building that people are and just trying to have a good time, just to make sure they don't get harassed. So it ends up being a lot of things. Most recently, we were asked to go to Eugene to help defend Old Nick's Pub when they were getting threats, and uh, I myself was. Uh, in the courthouse during Ian Cranston's entire trial. So those are both things that keep people safe. It's just different ways of doing it. So the ultimate goal is just to keep people as safe as possible. And the best way to do that is to keep them in the know or to just physically stand in between danger and them. I don't think any of us can really truly appreciate exactly what that means. I was at a a peace, well, a rally for Black Lives Matter in Redmond, and I was unpleasantly surprised to see people with long rifles and it's very intimidating and i have to believe at times that you feel some level of intimidation uh no not none whatsoever actually they if they were going to shoot me they would have already done so i've had numerous amounts of guns pointed at me so if they're if they're really interested in doing that they will but they haven't yet 
Well, that that's incredibly courageous, <laughs> first of all, and and I guess there is a there is a certain point to which if they were going to shoot you by the time you realized it, you would have already been shot, right? That's, yeah, exactly. I mean, I hate to look at think of it that way, and sorry <laughs> to put that seat out there, but but uh, yeah, but it's still got to be. I'm, I'm going to take you at your word that it that it doesn't frighten you; it frightened me, um, and it has happened, um, and so. So let's, I guess, well, so I have one other question. You have a, is if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a, I don't know whether you would call it a sister organization or a, a, a sibling organization. Is it the Central Oregon Peace Kitchen? Is that associated with y'all? Yeah, so it's, it's all under, it's all just kind of under the umbrella. Okay. It's just different, it's the way that I like to lead things. I like to put people in places where they know they're good at something and they know that they're able to offer something that I wouldn't be able to offer. So just if you have that, then go ahead and take over that project and start working with that project and I'll use whatever resources I have to help you. So that's what that is. Just another umbrella of the peacekeepers. And what is the peace kitchen? So that makes sense. Yeah. What does the peace kitchen primarily do? Is it just like it sounds? <laughs> yeah, it's basically just how it sounds. Uh, it started off with just uh, like a travel burner with a giant pot of soup going out to Hunnel and feeding people and it's turned into uh, delivering water uh, five days a week to people just across the region from Sisters to Ben to uh, Redmond, just anywhere where it can go. And when you say Hunnel, you mean the Hunnel Road area where quite a yeah. few unhoused people right. stay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. See. There is a, a disconnect, and I think people don't realize when they see you guys exactly what you're doing. You do make it somewhat well known, but I think that the networking is you know, one of the most important parts. And it's obvious that you probably know a lot, know all, most all those people under that umbrella. Yeah, yeah. The umbrella, it stretches pretty far. And it's there's a lot of stuff that I will never talk about because it's not necessarily important. But our network runs basically across the country if need be. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would hope that as we move forward, more people will embrace the idea of peaceful protest. And that's what you're there to do is to make sure things remain peaceful. Yeah, I mean, it's peace is going to look different to every person. So somebody might say peace is smashing a window for them. And I'm not going to argue with that because if most of the time it's going to happen against a big corporation, they're going to have the insurance to replace it and it'll be done by the end of the week. Uh, for some people, peace is just standing there and just being in the moment. So my my goal is if that's your peace, I'm going to do what I can to keep you safe. And obviously there's a line where I can't keep somebody safe if you're going to do something super illegal and the cops see I can't stop you from getting arrested. But if you need to, if you feel the need to protest something, I'll be there. You're allowed to stand up. Over the course of the time that you've been with the peacekeepers, do you see uh, detractors becoming less of a problem? Uh, or is yeah. it staying or is it staying the same? I would say locally it's less of an issue. In other places in Oregon, they they definitely still attract numbers uh, upwards of 40 or 50 people, but they're usually always outnumbered here. Uh, we usually have maybe one or two people drive by and try and say something or they'll obviously just have big malicious stickers on the back of their trucks and things like that so it's pretty easy to see but we don't get bothered as much as we did yeah they tend to advertise their existence now don't they oh yeah (laughs) and show off their high levels of intelligence i just just have to say (laughs) i'm I'm in i'm in that kind of mood this morning i'll let you know uh and so i normally say this question for the end but i just wanted to offer it just is there just anything you want to say i just want to give you that opportunity i mean i always at the end like is there anything i should have asked that i haven't but i know we're kind of in the middle but i still wanted to to throw that out there 
Uh, I would just say just pay attention to city government because that's where everything ends up changing. That's going to affect your day-to-day life and the day-to-day life of the people around you. So if you don't actively watch city council meetings, just tune in for 30 minutes one time and just get a feel of it. And those are Wednesday. It's every other Wednesday? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Okay, and seven. I don't know exactly how to watch them. I've I've used used to go in person and then the pandemic hit. But mm-hmm. um and so so that so good. I'm I'm actually glad uh, you brought that up cuz I I'm guessing uh, you you know what's going on with homeless like the regulations and stuff better than most people. What is the, sort of the current status? I mean, it seems a little hard to keep up with. Yeah, so uh, recently they just passed a code that's going to vacate what it was before, which was basically the city manager uh, works with the police and recommends that a place where people are camping be removed from where they are because it's not, it's deemed just not safe anymore because it's in a right away or just level of uh, service calls that they get. They just deem it's not safe. Uh, what it's going to be turning to, and I believe they said it's March, is uh, it's basically going to be. Um, the most basic way of saying it is basically no camping on city property if you have somewhere else to go. And it's up to whoever's going to be uh, talking to that person if they have somewhere to go. So that's not realistic when you think of the people that have physical disabilities. Like there are people that are amputees that live on the street. There are people that just can't move like that. They just can't walk like that anymore. So it's it's a fairly unrealistic policy. It's one that they're probably going to end up getting challenged on in court a lot, and I imagine they will lose because it's been in front of the Supreme Court of Oregon multiple times now, and, and uh, they've deemed that's just not constitutional to do stuff like that. Yeah, and are there any guidelines on what you, you said it's completely up to the officer on what having another place to go will mean? Um, not that I have seen. Okay. I imagine they do have a list of guidelines and they're probably still working on it because they're giving it a couple of months to hopefully when the cold weather ends. But we, we all know it snows in March. There hasn't been a March in the last three years where it hasn't snowed a decent amount. Uh, well, and there's that. And then it's, you know, the last two summers we've had, we've had deadly heat yeah. as well. So the summer can be just as dangerous in many ways for unhoused people as the winter. Yeah, we exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Hummel Road was a... I'll say a nightmare a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. Y'all did a great job with that, by the way. Out there, those of you who didn't go out and drop things off, it was an incredible effort with ice and water and towels and all that. So, we're speaking with Luke Richter of the Central Oregon Peacekeepers about their cold shelter drive in, in the next couple of days for folks out there in what is predicted to be some bitter, bitter cold weather in the next couple of days. Um, so, Luke, you want to give just give us another quick rundown what what's coming up where all that kind of stuff for your cold shelter drive? Uh, Yeah, so uh, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, we'll be at Craft Brewing between 12 and 3 p.m., just collecting anything that you uh, would help with just staying warm in the cold. So uh, socks, just new boots, uh, sleeping bags, buddy heaters, uh, just things like that, just anything that you can find that would help uh, bring it to Craft. Uh, And then on Thursday, we'll be at Moonchild Artistry downtown, uh, just doing the same thing from 11 to 2 p.m. And then afterwards, we're just going to split up and take whatever we can to people. And then anything left, we'll just save and continue doing that. Yeah, that tends to be the situation, you know, that's going on in Redmond. Uh, you know, I'll give another shout out to Rick Russell at Mountain View Fellowship. He's been really kind of leading the charge on on really dealing with homelessness in a realistic fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's going on in Redmond is I, I honestly think Redmond will end up becoming a little bit more progressive than Bend here in the next couple of years. So we'll see how they end up treating the population. 
So where are the least progressive places that you uh, tend to go? <laughs> uh, so I would say, uh, so Sisters is probably the most, they treat the houseless people up there the nicest. They're very understanding and they work with the Forest Service out there a lot. And the Forest Service does a great job with them and uh, comes at them as they are and just says, hey, if there's... There's a little bit of trash up here. Can you pick it up? They don't just say, hey, you're going to need to leave immediately if you don't fix this. Or, hey, can I help you pick this up? So yeah. that just coming out of that from that approach just immediately shifts everything. Uh, then I would say Redmond is probably next on the list. They're more just willing to work with the people that are in the camps. They, a Redmond police officer saw two people dismantling an RV that had gotten burnt up and obviously wasn't used, but it wasn't theirs. So they just helped them clear it out instead of saying, uh, you're going to get arrested for this or you need to move. You need to get away from that. They just helped them clear the road. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. ben, I would say, unfortunately, Bend is the lowest on the list for me right now just because they're the ones that actively have been sweeping people uh it's happened on second street probably three times in the last six months and it's probably not going to end especially with the new code coming well it's a cinch that kpov has done a good job of exposing you know what's going on i think every week for probably the last three or four weeks we've had at least one day that was talking about the homeless situation wouldn't you say that's accurate bruce yeah, yeah, and that's something we've been talking about for years here yeah. uh, with, with various folks. So, um, yeah, so Luke, I'm going to give you one more chance here. We're, we are we are towards the end now. We've got a couple minutes left. Just anything you want to add, and that could include another wrap-up, or uh, if there, are there any items that are, are you would think are more needed than others? That may be a good thing for folks to hear about. Uh, as far as more needed than others, I would say just socks. Socks are a big thing that people go through really quickly. Uh, so just thick socks would probably be really good. And just something to remember, just everybody does exist here. A lot of the people that do live out there do work and try and work. They just can't afford the rent here because it's gotten so high. So you just got to remember that there are people that you're probably interacting with on a day-to-day basis anyways. You just happen to see them on the street and you don't like them because you see them on the street but you like them when they're serving you your coffee so remember that yeah thank you for that thank you for bringing that up luke that's really really true a huge percentage of folks who run house in central oregon have jobs many are 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 families with both partners of the family working uh sometimes both full-time it's just an expensive place and a tough place to live here in central oregon so uh luke richter of central oregon peacekeepers they have a cold shelter drive coming up wednesday and thursday so check any of their social media it's a few hours in the middle of the day both days you can drop things off and please do please please find your find your coats and and sleeping bags and go buy some socks <laughs> that's, that's not that hard to do gloves uh, gloves oh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah i was gonna say you shouldn't be walking around with your hands no. in your pockets in this weather yeah, mm-hmm. yeah good point all right so luke thank you so much for joining us and for all the great work you're doing in our community yeah i appreciate y'all thank you Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.